everyone. Hope you remember me. It's Basan Salam here, part of the Urban Service Talks team. I wanted to give you guys a little heads up and background about this very special episode to me. This was actually our very first recorded episode. It was the bringing of Urban Service Talks to light. So we are very excited for you guys to listen about this project that we're about to talk about. So without further ado, here it goes. Enjoy. Social determinants of health into professional teams, improving healthcare delivery to patients and families. These are the themes of our Urban Service Talks, a podcast featuring the stories of students from a variety of healthcare professions, learning together to serve patients in our underserved community. We are a group of curious Urban Service Track AHEC scholars. Sharing insight to educate and spark change wherever our stories are told. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of Urban Service Talks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, my name is Basan Salem. I am a dental student at the University of Connecticut in Farmington, Connecticut, in the United States. Um, and in our Urban Service Talks, um, every episode will be hosted by a different member of our team. So I'll be your host for today. For today's episode, it's all about taking that pause and thinking about the system that we kind of run in. As healthcare providers, we're constantly thinking of how to best serve our patients and how to best serve our community. We often get caught up in the rhythm and constantly running the wheel of the systems in place, which is something I'm personally guilty of. Um, that we often forget to, to take that pause and think and um, be the people who stop and make that change. Um, so on today's episode, we have two amazing urban health scholars um, that made that pause and thought of how they could make the system better with the project that they worked on. With us, um, we have Daniel Morotro. Um, he's a practicing nurse and a recent graduate of the University of Connecticut class of 2020. And Sarah Wurzika, a second year student at the School of Social Work um, at the University of Connecticut class of 2021. Um, so basically we have a senior uh, with us here. And before um, I jump in and ask you guys, um, I just wanna talk a little bit. So they developed a community resource database for healthcare professionals to use. And this project was inspired by a program or what led them to start this um, project was home and community care program. And I know they're gonna be talking to us more about that, but just a little background. It's an interprofessional training program that involves healthcare professional um, students from different disciplines and backgrounds uh, which is known as the HCC program. So it's sponsored by CT AHIC uh, in collaboration with the Family Medicine Center at Asylum Hill in Hartford, Connecticut. Um, students meet weekly for four months led by family physicians. Um, the students participate in a community immersion training, home visits and develop patient education tools and plan for the primary care physicians. ATC is an example of an academic community partnership that brings benefits to trainees and more importantly, patients as a community health clinic. And Sarah and Daniel, thank you for being with us today. 
Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. We're super excited to be here. Thank you. Um, so Sarah and Daniel, you created a community resource database for healthcare professionals to use um, with the goal in mind to, to serve vulnerable populations and address social determinants of health. So Sarah, why don't you tell me about the project? What, how did you come to the idea of the project? Yes, so um, Danny and I participated in a program called the Home Care and Community Project. And what we did was we went into the homes of patients um, in inner city Hartford uh, with their physician. And we learned that they were missing a lot of doctor's appointments because of barriers to health. Um, so what we decided to do to help the providers um, better kind of make access to health um, easier for their patients is to create a shareable, um, buildable database filled with all different resources within the Hartford area um, that have to do with social determinants. So we have, um, yeah, all different things and yeah. So tell me Nanny, what got you on board if you want to like explain like how did you come out across this project right so the um home and community care project is basically us visiting certain patients in the community and assessing their their how they're doing at home um and there's this big issue of in like in, behind the your computer it, it may look like you're doing everything for your patient, but when you visit them, actually, they might not have all of the resources that you may think they have. Or um, So the database uh, focuses on transportation, nutrition, social services, um, education, and medical resources that can be used by um, the physicians at the um, Family Medicine Center at Asylum Hill, which was where the, the project started. Um, and it can be used to help, um, to help um, lessen the barriers that the patients face um, uh, at home or in their life uh, to get them the, um, the medical needs that they need. Um, so, yeah, um, it, it, was, it was definitely a big eye-opening thing, visiting these patients and seeing that they may not have everything that we think they have to, to succeed medically or um, just nutritionally, stuff like that. I think you bring in a great point when you say that we think by having a prescription for a patient or having a treatment that our job is done or that we think that mm. we're good, but it's actually a lot more than that because there are a lot more that goes into the health of a patient. Um, which brings us to talking about social determinants of health. So if you wanna define, Sarah, what do you, if you, if you were to define social determinants of health, um, how would you define it in a sentence or two? Um, I would define social determinants of health as anything that is impacting your health. Um, so this can be seen, a lot of times it's described as barriers to health. Um, so this could be your neighborhood. 
if you don't have street lights, if you ha don't have sidewalks, this could be a social determinant to health because um, you could get hit by a car if there's no sidewalks and if there's no street lights, it's very dangerous to be outside of your house um, at dark. Um, so from, I think Danny and I can both speak on our experience at UConn Health this, thus far, that a lot of the patients that are coming in have very concerning social determinants of health that are impacting their health and yeah. I think you put it in a great way that it's maybe a few, like a lot of years ago, we didn't think that, or didn't, we didn't go that far to think about things that could affect the health. And this is something that we really come out. And I think this project like really addresses that. So how do you, how do you think to these specific aspects it improves the social determinants of health, what you have in the project? Danny, if you okay. want to take it. Yeah, so there's this big concept of um, focusing on pre preventative medicine instead of uh, just uh, like, uh, treatments. Um, and I feel like this, this database that we built uh, allows providers to, you, uh, to help, help them with their patients access certain things. For example, if you have a transportation barrier. You don't, let, let's say a patient doesn't drive, they don't have a support system. There is, if they have certain, like if they have Medicaid, um, Medicare, there is resources that um, not a lot of people know that that can give them transportation to uh, the grocery store or their medical appointments. And that's what this project was about. I like finding those resources and putting them on a database so it's easier to access um, by the providers, um, because like Sarah said, a lot of these patients, uh, especially in urban and rural uh, communities, um, are hit with a lot of social determinants of health that is um it's, it's really hard to um, overcome. So essentially, you're doing more of like an upstream approach, or you're kind of like right. treating the root of the problem, um, mm -hmm. which I think is great. Sarah, did you want to? there was something that you wanted to add about that? I was just going to talk a little bit about um, discharging patients. I think that social determinants of health are a really key aspect in the discharge process. Um, social workers, like my role as a social worker in the hospital is to basically do all of the patient's discharge planning. So, um, you know, I fill out SNAP applications with patients. I um, call a taxi for them to go home, give them bus tickets, um, find a lot of our patients are homeless, find shelters for them somewhere they can go. So this resource is really great for um, making that process quicker because there's social determinants of health and barriers for every patient. Um, so you're doing this process for every patient. So to have a database that's so accessible and buildable, shareable, it just makes the process so much quicker. And I'm able to serve more patients with this database than if I didn't have it. That's perfect. So if you wanna, is there like a specific example um, 
or a case that you'd like to speak about and kind of like use that case to walk me through the database. So like if I'm a healthcare provider wanting to get on to the database, um, what specific steps do I need to take to navigate it? So if you want to access this database, you just need um, uh, like a link. Yeah, so this database is through Excel, Microsoft Excel. Uh, you just need access and um, permission to view it. Um, and you can use it if you're, for example, like I said, this database is divided into um, trans transportation resources, nutrition, social services, medical education. So whatever your patient needs, for example, let's say they need um, meals on wheels, they need food delivered to their house. Our database has the resource, how to access it, um, uh, contact information, the address, um, we have QR codes, so if you just pull out your phone, you scan the QR codes, it brings you to the application form. It's easier to access instead of just trying to um, randomly look for um, resources within your community. Um, it's already there. Um, so, which is so essentially, it's all in one place. It's just right. you click, you look for what you want to find, and then it, mm -hmm. it's out there. Yes. Yep. Right. And it's always, uh, it could be built more on. So um, uh, if more people um, could add on to it, it's just going to grow bigger and bigger. Um, yeah. And then was there like a specific case that you saw really impacted or that you would want to like speak about? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So I had, when we visited, did like a visiting um, uh, when we visited a patient with a team, we saw that the patient didn't have um, eyeglasses, didn't have um, access to, uh, she was home alone, she didn't really have support, um, and she didn't have a walker. Um, the, the, the health center that gave a referral to the walker thought it was already in place. So we identified those barriers. We helped her out with that. Um, we re used resources. For example, there is a, a resource that's a, that was about 10 minutes away from her that was able to give her transportation to a senior home. And she was Spanish speaking only. So it, it was uh, specifically a Hispanic senior uh, home. And they were able to give her transportation to and from the senior home. So that will let, and they have, um, a pharmacy in there, they have case management in there, medical doctors that can help navigate her care as well. Um, also, we identified under the medical tab of our database, there are, um, there's eye care uh, that could, that's free because the patient had wealth, wealth um, uh, Medicare. Um, and we identified places around her area that provide free eye care, um, and stuff like that. So you, you have to identify what the patient is lacking and use the database um, as your advantage. That's perfect. And I think a simple solution or a solution that many would think maybe is just having the walker, ordering a walker for her. But I love that this data, like through this database, it allows you to like look far beyond that and, and see, because the resources are available, we just need to be able to pull it together. 
And Sarah, you, 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 when you were talking, when you were describing the database, you really said that it's something to be built upon. And do you, do you see, um, and I kind of like liked how it is something that can be done by the students because the students are a great resource and workforce that can kind of like pull these resources together. So do you see this implemented in, in schools or um, in healthcare professional um, programs around in different countries around the world? Absolutely. Um, just from my experience so far um, at Yukon Health, there's 10 plus social workers who come together every month and kind of share resources. And um, just having one place that isn't paper, because I feel like we still have a lot of resources that are just on a piece of paper um, and binders full of paper resources. So having this um, electronic copy of a database, it's so quick and easy to just type in um, your resource that you would like to share. Um, so I think the key thing about this database is just access and I think it could be translated to other languages to be used around the world. Um, I think it's a really great model. Um, we also included 211 on the database, which we felt was important to include because if your patient lives outside of Hartford um, and you don't have any resources within their um, environment, they can, you can turn to 211 um, and get like more of a state um, resource list. And for anyone who's not familiar with 211, 211 is, um, I believe it's state, it's for Connecticut, but I believe like every state has some form of 211. And um, you can call 211 patient. We, we actually tell patients about 211. They can call themselves if they need a resource that the hospital cannot help them with. Um, and 211 really is focused on social determinants of health. So any resources that you need for that. And then um, social workers and all healthcare workers um, use 211 a lot to, um, it's a website. So you can search a resource as well. Um, and a lot of times within my realm of social work, I've seen that sometimes patients' circumstances are so unique and complicated, so many barriers to their health that um, you've exhausted all of your resources. And that's where 211 is really helpful for this project. If we have not yet addressed um, a barrier to health on our on our database, 211 is there. It's a backup for professionals to look. Um, and it's a great way to build upon those resources. So essentially 211 uh, for everyone's listening as well, it's like a grand database. And then that your project is kind of um, focused to the area. So it's kind of like bringing it together um, because some 211 is basically a website, someone can get lost in it. So as healthcare providers, you just want to type in Absolutely. and have that quick access. Um, and then Denny, if you want to tell me more about how um, you find the resources by making phone calls, is that something 
um, mm -hmm. that you would have to like know the local community for anyone wanting to develop that kind of a database? Yeah, so when we first started building on the database, we started with uh, resources we already knew about, kind of like the most well-known ones. But when you first, when you start calling other facilities, asking about their programs, you, um, the people in those facilities or programs, they help you um, discover new uh, other resources, which was definitely a big help. I remember when we were creating this, I, I would call a resource and if, if there wasn't something I was looking for, they would um, show me somewhere else to look. Um, and that was a big help. Perfect. So when making something like this, definitely calling other uh, facilities for help. Perfect. And um, I think the more that you look, the more that you find and we can end of it. So it's really a buildable project. Mm -hmm. But another aspect I wanted to talk about in this project is that what makes it so special is that it was developed by a social worker and a nurse. So how did you find working interprofessionally and add on to this project? How do you think it, it was an asset or unique in that aspect? Yeah, so when I see a patient, I work inpatient, so I work in the hospital, and I already see them um, very sick. You know, to be admitted to the hospital, you kind of have to be uh, sick. You know, so I, I'm so thankful for this project because because you, I saw patients that lack resource the resources to help them get healthier, get help them get to their doctor's appointment to prevent their sickness. Uh, but there's a lot of barriers that I saw that prevent them from getting there. So this resource definitely uh, is, takes a more preventative approach. Um, and it definitely made me think about my patients if they were to have resources to prevent them from um, getting sick, like maybe smoking cessation, maybe some sort of mentorship, some sort of program that helps them adhere to their medications. Um, uh, and definitely educating them when we discharge them about ways they could um, lessen their, um, their disease process or just um, you know, get healthier. Um, yeah. It's definitely helped me. So yeah. having that like interprofessional team or mm -hmm. kind of make the process faster, it makes, it makes you know the resources that are available. Um, and I would just add that working with Danny made me feel more comfortable to work in interprofessionally. And I'm in inpatient psychiatry and I talk to the nurses a lot about the patients. Um, so it was really great to work alongside a registered nurse and just um, learn to communicate together and learn to focus on certain things that are going to help our patients. Exactly. And I think, honestly, the personally, the more I work with other healthcare professionals and having that interprofessional team, it's just it's something that you learn every single day. So like if dentist working with a social worker, it can, you, you become more aware. And I think it helps us all get that like better care to the patient being involved in that kind of a team. And to that question, I think um, it kind of relates that an interprofessional team also was something that helped us in the time of a pandemic. And I know this question is inevitable in our times, how do you see this this project playing a role um, during COVID nineteen? How do you think it, it helped? So, um, 
we when we were making this project we realized that some of these projects definitely will be impacted by COVID-19 whether it be budget cuts just uh, closing due to prevent infection um so we did make a, a whole a, a different column on if it's still open or not uh, when will it be open so that's something to consider um it may be it may need an update but um Definitely, there was a lot of resources that patients could use that, um, that because there, there was a lot of resources that were still open and maybe uh, physicians and, and patients could identify the ones they need and access to them. Um, yeah. yeah, in the future, I definitely see COVID testing um, locations mm -hmm. being something that will be added to the database as well as locations where patients can get vaccinated. So it's definitely something that we we add on and it's something I love how it was adaptable. Um, so it's really a resource that kind of depends on the time that it depends on what we need to, to get the resources out to the patient, which I think is great that makes it makes this project really malleable and something that we can like work around and add to um so like personally for both of you what do you think your personal revelation or what was the biggest impact on yourself or something that you didn't realize before you had made this project and it kind of made you think about things was there anything in specific sarah that you want to um, say that? definitely i think just how far back someone's health goes getting to the root of it. There's so many factors that play into a person's health and the reason why they don't, or they are not receiving adequate health. So just building upon these resources, I think was really important and just shocking to see how many different barriers can really impact one's health. You know, it's not just, um, it's not just a person isn't showing up for their appointments because may, because they don't prioritize their health. It's that they don't have transportation. They don't have insurance. Um, maybe they have a mental health illness that's causing them to not, you know, prioritize their health. So just really thinking deeply about this person's health concern and what is impacting it. You know, I think it's just important to consider that every person wants to have good health. Um, and so when you're working with a patient, instead of focusing on their problems, their problems, they have all these health problems, they're not in good shape, focus on, well, why aren't they in good shape and asking that question. And what can we do to help this person have better health? What resources do they need? This is, take, like, take this experience as an empowering experience. You can do this too. If you have an idea, it's important to, you know, share it. And if you feel strongly about something, it's important to advocate for how you feel because you can really make a change with your idea. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Was there anything else that, Danny, you thought you yeah. personally got I from it? I definitely agree with Sarah. Um, also, uh, what really shocked me so, sometimes how in the medical record, in the computer, your patient could look 
like, oh, we're doing everything for them. Like, they look good. However, when if you visit them, which this project or this uh, home and community care project that we shed a light on, is they might not have all of the things that the computer may, uh, may, may tell you. So definitely because of the, the social determinants of health, social factors. Um, so definitely when I, when I assess a patient uh, at my job and patient, I make sure to ask them um, if they're there for like a physiological, uh, physical reason. I, I also, I, I make it like a trend or like a habit to ask them, um, how's their, how are they at home? How's everything at home? Um, just to identify if they have um, some sort of social issue that's preventing them from getting better. I could, um, I could also, and if I identify, I could, um, I can make a social worker consult and fix it while they're in the hospital. And so they don't leave the hospital with that social, the social factors still alive. So definitely identifying uh, that there's much more to just a, a patient. Um, yeah. So Sarah, I think what you were saying, it really, this project is just a reminder for us to kind of like pause and think about the systems that we have in place. And I think this project does a really great job of doing that. Personally, this project was just amazing because it, it was a reminder for me personally to think about the things that we have in place. And I wanna thank you both so much first for making this project happen, for developing this project and mm -hmm. making this kind of an impact on our community. And second, for coming on today to, to speak to us about it. Mm -hmm. And um, I want to leave everyone listening with this little question and little mind activity to pause for a little bit and think about what you do every day at school or in your profession. Is there anything that you could change to better serve the community, to better serve your patient? How can we stop the problem upstream? How, do, how can we pause and, and think about the system? And let us know what you guys think. Uh, we'd love to keep this, this talk going um, through our social media pages and um, through our websites. So this is, this is it. Thank you all for tuning in. And thank you, Sarah and Danny, for making this happen. And thank special you. shout out to the, our Urban Service Talks team. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Connecticut AHEC and UConn Health. Let's keep this talk going. Join us on Twitter at Talks Service, Instagram at Urban Service Talks, or by email at ust.pod at gmail.com. <laughs>